The 2024 Bassmaster Elite Series kicked off today, just a few hours ago. So let's break down the entire season. Let's talk about the events we're most excited for and who we think is going to win. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the OneCast here. Got Trey and myself here in the studio. Pete is actually down in Florida right now doing some fishing on the uh, Kissimmee chain, right? Go down right. Yep. So he's having a blast down there. I tell you what, I wish we were down there, especially after watching the Okeechobee event um, this last uh, weekend or so. But the uh, the Bassmaster Elite Series uh, starts today. I know, I know we like to do our previews every single year. We've gotten a little bit behind because we've had some great guests on and we've been running around. I've been at Expos. You all were at the English Choice event uh, and had a great episode up there. But uh, I'm excited to talk about the season. But uh, before we get started here, as always, make sure you go to onecastfishing.com, join the Snagless Revolution, get those long neck hooks, weedless nets, soft plastics. Plastics. Use the code the one cast. Save a little bit of money when you check out there. And then also uh, make sure you go over to CarolinaWatersNC.com. Uh, excellent organization. I'm not wearing today, but I've been wearing their hoodie a lot lately. Excellent hoodies. Uh, I picked one up at the Raleigh Expo. They've got excellent performance fishing gear as well. So make sure you check them out, especially all your Carolina um, boys and girls out there. You know, we got to rep this state, rep the waters. Right. So go over there, use the code the one cast too, and uh, save a little bit of money. Yeah, and especially if you guys, uh, you you got some hot apparel from Carolina Waters, you got the Snagless Revolution with one cast fishing. But if you're in the market, and you know the market drives everything, the economy drives everything. But if if you're in that situation right now where you're looking for a new home to buy or land to purchase for next hunting season or whatever the case may be, our buddy Eric Schwinn at Mossy Oak Properties has the paradise that you're looking for you can shoot him a message at 936-494-9686 or shoot him an email at e-s-c-h-w-i-n-d that's e schwind at mossyoakproperties.com he's got tons of different landscapes rolling hills natural waterways all the things that an avid outdoorsman or somebody that's just trying to get away from the concrete jungle is looking for for that nice peace and quiet and nature's beautiful things that it has to offer. So again, hit him up at 936-494-9686 or eschwind, E-S-C-H-W-I-N-D at mossyoakproperties.com. Let him know that the one cast sent you and he'll get you squared away with your little slice of paradise. So the bass fishing world is heating up. Yes, it is. I mean, it's on fire and it's, it's amazing because in North Carolina, like it's, it's not really on fire. I mean, there's certain lakes that are definitely producing good fish, but the boys down south are having a good time. They are. Um, it is. Uh, it has been a blast to see some of the results. It, it, you know, most of most of you all who probably listen or watch us, you know, however you all decide to do that, you, you know, we usually film these a week or two in advance, and so we just got done watching the uh, the Bassmaster Open series down in Okeechobee, and we're. I know the Elite Series blast, you know, blasted off this morning. If you're listening to this on Thursday or the 22nd, but it seemed like the Bassmaster season got started early this year. That's right, because that Okeechobee event. I mean, I, it had me watching. I was flipping back and forth between the MPFL and Bassmaster, and certainly on Championship Sunday. I mean, I was I was glued to the uh, Bassmaster coverage because it was a phenomenal event, and uh, 
they had the hometown boy do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, with Bass changing the way that they're marketing and, and promoting the the opens and the elite qualifiers, they're one in the same elite qualifiers. All those guys are fishing all nine events with the chance of being in the top nine to qualify for uh, the 2025 Bassmaster Elite Series. But, you know, Ben and I talked about it before the show. It was probably one of the best thing that Bassmaster could have done was, you know, put a little bit more effort and um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, just effort to highlight how competitive the opens are. And and if you listen to some people, some that fish the opens, um, look at the field in the opens, right? You got a lot of former elite series guys in the opens. You got former BPT guys, former FLW guys, and then you got the new young guns that are up and coming and they're all trying to build their individual brand. They're trying to make a name for themselves. And so now with Bass covering all nine events uh, with cameras and stuff like that, it it makes it feel like it makes it feel like it's the elites. It, it really does. It, it does because I, the coverage is only on Championship Sunday, so it's the top ten. But when we look at the open events, we had a bunch of elite anglers drop down. I mean, you had like. Drew Bitten in there, I believe you had, uh, or Drew Cook. I forget which one. One, mm-hmm. one was fishing MPFL, and the other ones at the yeah. Open. Drew Cook's fishing MPFL. Um, yep. You had, you know, Randall Tharp, you know, coming over from BPT was third in the event. Yep. And you know, old school Bassmaster, the Honey Badger himself, uh, Tyler Rivette was there. You you had several elite guys in the top twenty five, and uh, you've had some other guys who were trying to make it back, and then you've got some young guns in there, and so you know, I think having some of those recognizable name certainly helps out the draw helps out the coverage but to be honest first event in the year you had scott martin break records the single day you know bag record for the open this you know the tournament record for an, an open with 30 pounds a day average over That's 90 right. pounds and and the largest three-day bag ever for a bassmaster tournament on his home lake and scott martin's a huge draw he's got got a lot of fans and to have him you know run it wire to wire and you know everybody was tuning in and just how small the event fish, and he was able to fish slow and you know catch an eight two nine pounders back to back. Yeah, it was crazy. So great for the for bass for marketing for 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 viewership. I'm sure. I mean, they yep. started the season off strong. That's right. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say because we're going to move into that schedule, like Ben said, Scott Martin's patience in this one was in his decision making. You you saw the difference this uh tournament than you did last year when they when they fished Okeechobee he slammed it on day one but days two three and four uh it didn't go so well and so I don't know what he did if he changed anything but I can tell you from watching the coverage on uh what was it Saturday Sunday was it Sunday that three-day derby right I think it's Saturday or Saturday Saturday, yeah. Saturday yeah uh he had boats all around him you know, I, I listened to several podcasts afterwards. You guys who fished it um, on Bass Talk Live, I think it had uh, a couple guys on. It, it fished really small this year. You had some guys down South Bay, and I think it's either what, Harvey's Pond, Harney's Pond over there is where everyone was concentrated. And uh, they were like, yeah, Scott Scott was right in there. He put his power pole down and didn't move for like two hours. Nope. Or so he's nope. just fishing super, super slow. Yep. So you, I, I think, I think you know, this is a huge deal for him because – you know, he's got that pressure taken off his shoulders for, you know, the, the 2025 Bassmaster Classic. Like, he doesn't have to worry about that going into this 2024 season, which we're getting ready to talk about. 
And uh, what a special moment to win. Kind of like uh, um, who won on Lay Lake last year. Um, he was a home favorite. <laughs> Jeez, I, I would forget. But it's like Livesey winning on, uh, on Fork yeah. and you know all these winning on your home lakes a hard hard challenge and uh, and that had to be super special. Um, and everybody from his family was there. But this isn't the Scott Martin show. This is talking about the 2024 Bassmaster Elite Series. And uh, let's jump into it. So what's the first event, Ben? Yeah, you know, I was I was looking at the schedule here before before we recorded this evening. And Bassmaster's got several events that are back-to-back. So maybe we can just kind of take them back-to-back because -back they're relatively sure. close to each other. So, you know, this week, uh, today started, they're down there at Toledo Bend. And then next week, they just move a couple hours over or three or four hours over, how far it is over over to Lake Fort in Texas. Yep. And so I suspect these will be a phenomenal events. I mean, if you guys are listening to this by Sunday or Monday, then you know who won the, the Toledo Bend one. We know MLF was just there. It was a pre-spawn event. I suspect it will be the same because I pulled the weather up and maybe there's – who knows with the weather. Maybe there will be a few spawners, but it doesn't look like it's going to get super warm, so probably another pre-spawn and – it could be one of those things come like Sunday. Maybe they're moving up or something. Yeah. But I suspect a lot of big bags, both Toledo Bend and the next week at Fork. I mean, they're big bass lakes. Yeah, so the guys on the BPT talked about them being there just a little too early. Uh, we're talking Toledo Bend. And you saw, you know, Cliff Crochet catching an 11-pounder. Multiple six, seven-pound bass I, were caught. You said a little too early, I think, on like day two or something or, or – uh, yeah, I think day day group B day one or something like that. It was like, I think I counted seven or eight eight pounders. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and last year or the year before the lakes has produced forty pound bags down. Let there. let me back that up. Early is relative, but I meant early for the spawn. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so they 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 think that they were early for the spawn, and you saw all the anglers out there, you know, scoping them and and catching them in open water, like channel swings and stuff like that. I don't know if any of those guys are fishing shallow. I predict on Toledo Bend when the elites are there today uh, that there's going to be potentially a spawn going on. But again, like you said, it's all about the weather. It's one of those things because <clears throat> we know when the spawn road happens here in North Carolina. It's yep. typically April, maybe yep. early, maybe bleeding the March, bleeding the May a little bit. Yeah, I know down there in Texas or you know in Louisiana, where it's usually March and April. Yeah. So with this event, the last weekend of February. And then moving even over the fork through like the first week of March. Who knows? Yeah. So who knows? So I, I'm going to predict. I mean, I think everybody's going to jack them on Toledo Bend, but who's coming off a hot streak for Toledo Bend right now? And that's Ben Milliken, right? So Milliken's fishing the Elite Series this year. Um, granted, though, they fished it at a different time last year, from my understanding, right? They weren't there in February um, and Ben found them on an offshore pattern on the, on the shoals and things like that, you know, deep cranking them. But you know what? I mean, he could run right into big pre-spawn schools that are getting ready to move up. So uh, I think Ben's looking it up right now, but I think Milliken has momentum going into this, uh, to this tournament. Scott Martin has momentum going into this tournament because he just won Okeechobee. Um, but really, you know, the new guys that that moved into the Elite Series, all of them did really well. And I think it's going to be – I don't think somebody's going to pull away with it. I think it's going to be an absolute slugfest. I really do. So I 100% agree, too. Yep. Because 
I just pulled it off the the 2023 open at Toledo Bim is in April. So it's a, it was about six weeks later. Yep. So I think he probably had post spawners. Yeah. Too, if I remember. So look, if they're spawning, it's a sight fishing event. I mean, they're going to pull some big girls off the beds. And right, if they're if it's pre spawn, like those fish have already probably started moving. Yep. It, they're probably not in their winter hunt still. Yep. But wh whether or not it's going to be a spawn event, I don't know. But those fish will be moving. They'll be feeding because the time's it's getting close. If they're not spawning, then it'll be within a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, and if it is a spawn event, I don't know how Milliken is on spawn events. I can tell you that Drew Cook, Drew Benton, John Cox, um, you know, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting everyone's name right now, but Luke Palmer, Jason Christie, um, a lot of those guys, they are so seasoned when it comes to sight fishing. You know, Bernie Scholes, he's really good. He's never won an Elite Series event, but he's always been right there. Um, I think I think the new guys are going to do. I think the new guys are going to have the momentum, but the 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 veterans are going to bring the skills necessary to kind of close that deal out. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I, and I can even see if it ends up being more of a, a shallow water game because the fish have moved up. Then even someone like a Hackney or Swindle, mm -hmm. maybe he can pull out his first blue trophy. There you go. Yeah. You know, you know, Lake Fort is the the very next week. It, in fact, it starts the 29th of February, so the leap year there. Yep. Uh, leap year day. And then it ends the third of March, and so you know, I suspect it will probably be very similar mm -hmm. uh, to Toledo Bend in the sense, that, you know, the stage where the fish are at, and it could be one of those that just kind of continues depending on weather. It just gets better and better throughout the event. I'm I mean, Livesey is going to be the favorite going in for sure because he's won the last two on uh, on this lake. Yeah, I think it was Century Belt both times. Imagine if he pulls out a hat trick, right, and he wins for a third time in a row. Um, I, I did hear that Lake Fork is up right now, um, and that might change the game a little bit. Uh, you know, Lake Fork's very hazardous. There's a lot of standing timber yes. in that place. Toledo Bend is very hazardous as well. Um, so, you know, the elites go into to Lake Fork with a little bit of elevated water levels where fish are able to get where they haven't traditionally been able to get in the past. All that vegetation that's grown for years now is submerged you know this might be a whole different lake fork than what we're traditionally used to seeing um i'm sure that you know lee has a lot a lot more experience than anybody else so it's probably still in his favor but if it's like you said i mean a spawn event it can go any way it's not just one person's way so lee may be on six seven pound caliber fish in the spawn Heck, you know, Trey McKinney may be on eight, nine class fish. So I don't know. But the cool thing is, though, is the 2024 Elite Series, they're starting in Texas. They got two in Texas, you know, like Florida's not there. And uh, it, it's kind of see them. It's kind of cool to see them shake it up a little bit. So, yeah. And last thing I'll say with the, the Texas stops here. So stop one and two. You know, it'll be interesting to see if the lakes are set up very similar, how much live scope plays a, a role. And the two, does it play more in one than the other? Because, like, I'm just thinking, like, with all the standing timber there at, you know, Fork, it's like, it's a live scope central. There is, is that game, jerk bait, square bills that time of year, targeting fish in those timber flats, basically. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's a little Ben's got timber, it's got laydowns, and he's got docks. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's got vegetation too. I think the hydro yep. is growing in there. So, a lot of different ways to fish it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how similar they'll fish, you know, back to back weeks. So, and then the next event, 
and this isn't a regular, this is the 2020, uh, the, the top 50. And I think there's five added to it through like Bass Nation and, and other things. But um, then they slide over to Oklahoma and the, the classic begins. And I know the local favorite there. And that's uh, March 22nd through the, the 24th. You know, the classic's a three day event. The hometown favorite to win that, Jason Christie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that's his body of water. Um, I don't know what that one's going to look like. Uh, I think Christie even talked about it in a couple shows. Um, you know, depending on the weather, uh, he really hopes that they get really terrible weather. Um, so they're not spawning. Well, he, he, he's looking at it this way. If it's consistent throughout, really a lot of people have a chance, but if there's a lot of weather variables, he has the experience on that body of water to react to whatever situation comes abroad. So, you know, if they have perfect weather, it may be anybody's game. You know, what has taken people 10 to 15 years to really break down on a body of water with technology, the learning gap is a lot smaller. So we'll see what happens with that. But if they have a bunch of inclement weather, ups and downs, rains, clouds, sun, all that stuff, Jason Christie may have the experience on that lake to really pull out something special. So the Bassmaster Classic, man, it's it's the biggest Bassmaster or the biggest bass fishing event ever and uh i think i think grand is going to show out with that one yeah i mean it's a super bowl of bass fishing and mm -hmm. I, while you were talking there i'm thinking you know we should probably do a full episode breaking down yeah you know, like the week before it begins or that thursday yep. like whenever it starts and give our picks for it because yeah christy's the favorite going into it but we talked about it. it is hard to win on your home lake it is uh there's you know because we all know sometimes history is not your friend now these guys at this level i think a lot of have a tendency to um ignore that history and for some reason, they're just good to be able to you know, read in the conditions and remember, oh, 25 years ago, this happened. Yeah. Right. Let's let's go test this spot out. Mm -hmm. So it right. It can hurt you or harm you, but it, it's going to be a great event. And it's I don't think it's going to take a lot of weight. I think no. it's going to be, a, you know, 12 to 16 pounds a day type of deal, depending on whether somewhere within there will probably be the winning bags. So. Yeah. And I have to correct myself. Will Davis Jr. won on Lay Lake. That was his home lake. So last year. I felt bad. I was sitting there thinking about the whole time. So Scott Martin's won on Okeechobee. Will Davis Jr. won. Scott Canterbury got real close on Lay Lake last year, and that's kind of his quote-unquote home lake. And then uh, Lee Livesey's won multiple times on Lake Fork. So can Christie pull out a home lake victory at the largest fishing tournament in the world? We've got about two months, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's right. You know, Trey, you mentioned it was unique because the, the Bassmasters, I mean, the elites are starting again in Texas this year because for years, it seems like one of the first two events are always in Florida. Yeah, they're going to Florida this year and they're back-to-back -back events, but they're not going to April. No. You got the Harris chain starting the 14th of, uh, of sorry, finishing the 14th of April and then uh, St. John's finishing a week later on the 21st. I mean, what do you think about these two events? You know, that's, you know, we got buddies down there right now messing around on Kissimmee. You know, a lot of them set up similar as far as the, you know, the fish movement spawn and stuff like that. You know, they, they fish a little bit differently and both you and I have a little, I mean, like 0.1% experience on those places. But, you know, if you know anything about Florida, um, the bass react to weather, they're very finicky. And so, you know, with this being in April, it's, it's, it could be a shallow water, shallow water is relative by the way. Cause when you talk to like offshore fishing in Florida, depending on where you're at, could be eight foot, 
You know what I mean? So I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see much smaller bags than traditional because they're going to be lighter. They're going to be off like, you know, hiding under mats or, um, you know, in current breaks and stuff like that or on shell bars, you know, and I think, I think live scope is definitely going to play in those tournaments. Um, especially if somebody can find, you know, schools of fish kind of like Milliken did last year in the last open event. I think they were on, were they on Kissimmee for the last open event or yeah. the Harris chain? One of the two. Uh, but I think that you're going to see, you know, areas that you would look at as traditional, you know, like offshore areas in Florida really play a role. So, you know, April going there in April, it's going to be fun. It's going to be warm. It's probably going to be crowded, but you know, these guys are so good. They're going to figure out how to get those big post spawn, uh, fish to bite. So interesting though. And it's kind of cool. I mean, they, the elites really hang out in the South for a good long time. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. And then, you know, St. John's river, uh, you know, I've never been to the Harris chain of lakes, but you have, right. I've spent a couple of weeks on it. Yeah. You spent a couple of weeks on the Harris chain of lakes, St. John's river. Great place. Uh, Lake George is connected to it. It's one of the bigger lakes connected. I believe a lot of cypress trees, a lot of alligators, uh, a lot of lily pads in the river system. The river flows south to north, which I thought was super cool uh, when I went down there. You know, John Cruz has a win on the St. John's yep. River. I think, what was that, 20? I can't remember what year it was, but it was a handful of years, years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, yep. Um, and he was doing some damage on a bladed jig uh, on the outside of those, uh, those lily pads. But, you know, I think both of them are going to be great events. I think you're going to – Every, every, the cool thing about Florida is everybody can do, uh, they can fish their strengths, you know, minus like deep water drop shotting and stuff, but you can still scope them. You can still flip, you can still top water, you know? So all those things combined makes Florida a really great place to go. I just don't know what it's going to look like in April, but I'm sure that we're going to see 20 pound bags busted in those tournaments. I am super excited for these two events. It, it's probably my two favorite events on the schedule. And it's for the fact that they're not there in January, February, yep. or the first week of March. It, it, we don't have to play this cold front game. I mean, there, there there could still be cold fronts, but we're not talking to drop them out of moving up and not moving mm -hmm. up. By this point, are there going to be post-spawn bass? I mean, they say bass will spawn all year long in Florida. I'm sure you know a few happen here and there. Um, I've seen stories. People say they spawn in July out there. They've seen it. Yeah. And look, <laughs> I believe it because there's so many fish out there. Who knows? But yep. For the most part, they're going to be post-spawn bass. And I, I will pretty much guarantee the Heritage Chain will be one offshore. Yeah. That lake, even in January, February, March, unless the waves are moving up to spawn, you got to be offshore. Yeah. yeah. You may be five foot in water, but that you may be, five, uh, you know, a click off the bank or something. Yeah. You know, you know, up there in Lake Griffin or something. So, but I, I'm excited for it too because you'll probably have – Someone's going to find a shallow bite on one of the lakes and one of the canals where it's popping off. But mo I think it's going to be one offshore, either on shell beds or, or some type of, you know, offshore grass. And that stuff changes around. Each lake's different every single year. The shell beds move around. But it will be nice to see it, how they fish, how they target it, much like MOF did a, f uh, a couple years ago when they went to uh, the Kissimmee in April or May. Because most of us, if we want to go down and fish in Florida, it's rare for us to get down there when there's a wave moving up that's in, right in january february or march like most of our vacation schedules for most of us anglers across if we want to take a trip down there's going to be some other time during the mm -hmm. year 
So it'll be it'll be nice to see how they target that. And the St. John's too. Look, I'm not nearly as confident how that's going to be won. Uh, you know, when John was there two years ago, he won, I believe, in the river because, you know, his bite was an hour later each day because of the tide. I could see Lake George playing a bigger role this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting how they play that yeah. play that come in April, but they should definitely be biting. I'm, I'm super excited for these two events here. Yeah, so am I. And Florida is always a cool place, especially when it's not in January or February. Like Ben said, seeing a different time of year is going to put the anglers – at a, in a different way it's going to test different skills and stuff like that so you know history is good uh but when you have it in a different time of year sometimes that history doesn't play very well so we'll see what that looks like and then you know so april 11th harris chain starts april 14th it ends then the 18th through the 21st you got st john's and then they slide up a little bit closer to our neck of the woods yeah a couple weeks later three weeks later trying to do the math quick in my head they're coming up here to lake murray in columbia south carolina which is about three and a half hours south of us Mm -hmm. so maybe we'll get the opportunity to go down there and uh, i'm not sure i think pete might be trying to actually uh yeah he's marshalling on that one yeah he's marshalling so Mm -hmm. that's that's gonna be good event i remember when bpt went to murray last year during it was april or may i mean it it showed out that lake came back they were monster bags of large mouse so. i think the elite series went to murray last year didn't they hunter shryak was like slamming them on top water i think they both did yeah they both did they they both did and one was a few weeks later so i suspect the lake will show out again largemouth lake it's got blueback herring that is look that is that's probably going to be that's blueback herring spawning time right there and it's it's going to be a post-spawn event yeah mostly i mean there's a chance that Depending on weather, maybe there's a few. The, the, the issue could be if the fish are kind of in that, sometimes that week, that turn, day, yeah, that post spawn blue, yep, um, blues. I mean, that is a threat for that tournament. Now yeah. these guys are so good, and someone's going to find out and catch them. But yeah, you know, and I, I have no idea on that lake if if there's bass that assign themselves exclusively to eating just shad, and then there's bass that are, you know, just eating blueback herring, but. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of top water, a lot of walking baits, you know, um, pencil poppers, uh, a lot of jerk baits, a lot of things like that. That one is really going to be uh, dominated uh, probably on the heron spawn, but, you know, could be, you know, fish always prove us wrong. So we have no idea, but Columbia, South Carolina, May 9th through the 12th, the elite series are heading close to the one cast neck of the woods. So. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. And then the next couple of events, we'll just go ahead and skip on down. So they have actually got about a month break after that. Mm-hmm. And they're not going quite back to back. There's a week in between, but the next two events I think we should talk about together because they're both in Alabama. Yep. So I'll, from the June 6th, I'm in the 13th to the 16th, they're in Wheeler Lake. And then a week, what, two weeks later, yep. the 27th to 30th, they're at Smith Lake. So these will be two very interesting tournaments. Uh, Wheeler Lake on the Tennessee River system. It's it's right below Gunnersville. So, look, that time of year, June, we could see offshore ledge fishing. I don't know what the grass is looking like. Or, right, we know those Tennessee River lakes they change around a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of current. Current's going to play a role there for sure. Um, it it could be a phenomenal event, or it could be a kind of crappy event. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's every event, but yep. Yeah, Murray, or not Murray, uh, Wheeler. I don't know a lot about Wheeler. I can't remember the last time that they had a, uh, a an Elite Series event there. 
Um, but I think the guys that are really dialed into the offshore pattern, like you said, I think they're the ones that are going to find uh, a victory on that lake. Um, but, you know, all of these lakes that we talk about, to include the the, the Florida river system or fish, uh, water systems, for the most part, minus probably Grand Lake, these lakes change a lot. Some of these lakes are on upswings like Toledo Bend. Some of them are on downswings. Um, you know, you see Kentucky Lake that's kind of making a comeback. Gunnersville is close to uh, what Ben just talked about, Wheeler. Um, yeah, I believe the, the dam right above Wheeler. Is yeah, Gunnersville, if, if Wheeler is setting up like Gunnersville, Gunnersville is on a upswing with a significant amount of fish, like three to five pound class fish. The, the six to nine pound class fish, people aren't catching as many anymore, but that's just, I think that's just the, the lake going through its turnover. If I remember correctly, the last time they were at Gunnersville, or maybe this was two years ago, two or three years ago, but it, it was, it was a May or June event, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was still one up shallow in the grass for, yeah. all, if I remember and, and punching a little bit, um, you know, some guys got on some of the, you know, this was Gunnersville, you know, some of those ledge fish. And, and schools out there. Um, but it was one up shallow in the grass. And so depending on how the grass is and, and if there's grass in Wheeler and cause we know that all changes year to year, it yep. changes based upon water levels. If they, you know, I don't know what, the, what Alabama is doing or the, uh, you know, spraying or what they're doing yep. to control any of that stuff. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to actually tuning into like the pre-tournament updates to see kind of what the lake is doing. Cause yep. that, that, that's going to, you know, tell us a lot of how that tournament's going to go. And then, and then over at Smith Lake, which is, it's probably what a couple hours South, an hour and a half South of a uh, Wheeler Lake, but it's a, uh, it's a spotted bass lake. I know there's mm -hmm. some large mouth in there, but it's a big spotted bass bass lake. And when I looked it up, it's not on the Coosa river. It's, I don't know if it's in the same watershed to be honest, but it's two other rivers drain into it. It's, it's just a big spotted bass lake. So I suspect forward facing star in our, you know, almost July out. I mean, that's, yep. That's, that's what it's going to be. Yep. Yep. You better watch out for like Koya Fajita and Patrick Walters and Brandon Polinek and all. But, you know, a lot of these guys are getting really, really dialed in, not because probably they want to, but because they have to. Well, they have to stay to. competitive. And when that's like when we started off the, the episode, we talked we were talking about Okeechobee. I mean, the guys were using live scope. Yeah. To sight fish and four foot of water. Yeah. I they almost were, I almost wonder. If you see them on forward-facing sonar, do they have to be hooked in the mouth? Uh, I don't know. Is that sight fishing, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. And so the guys that are pairing, you know, either putting a transducer in perspective mode and then a and then a transducer in, uh, I guess you would call it live scope mode or I don't know, forward-facing mode, uh, or guys that are using, you know, Mega 360 paired with uh, forward-facing sonar, you know, that's how Scott Martin really dominated on um, – uh, on Okeechobee is he, he was using his pan optics to find the holes where the fish were bedding and he could tell the fish behavior, uh, based on watching them on sonar. So all these lakes sonar is going to play a role. It just depends on, you know, what stage the fish are in and stuff like that. But for Wheeler and Smith, like you said, they're going to be offshore Smith being a spotted bass lake. They're going to find some mega schools and who knows, I don't know if that place sets up like smallmouth territory where you could catch 
two pounders, three pounders, but you really need three and a half pounders. I have no idea. So we'll see what that looks like, but it's cool. And that's when the, I I want to add one more thing with them. I'm really, another thing that makes me excited is I'm glad they're going back to some of these lakes in Alabama in the summertime. Yep. For that offshore kind of old school bite. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think, you know, a lot of times they, they have an early season and then they, they take a couple months off and then they run up North. And we see the northern swing, which we'll talk about in a second. But we've got two lakes here in June in Alabama, and that's going to be fun as well. Absolutely. Okay, so let's just talk about the last two here. That stops eight or nine. And that is, it is back-to-back again. So I don't know if that was a angler-driven or the decision for that. It, it's In some ways, I could see anglers enjoying this because... Right, it's you get more time at home, mm-hmm. but at the same time, and that's that's a long, but it's almost a month long because you get a, a week before, mm-hmm. and then your week after the two events. But stop eight or nine, so August eighth through the eleventh, they're at Champlain, and they're going out to Plattsboro, New York, and then stop nine is uh, the St. Lawrence River, the fifteenth through the eighteenth. So, uh, look, we know these are probably going to be phenomenal events. I mean, Champlain, I know they're a largemouth bite can play depending on how it sets up. Um, but the St. Lawrence River, I mean, we know what that is. I mean, that's I think everybody's gonna be going and chasing brownfish on both of those bodies of water, but much like Florida, not that the bass are or not that the bass in the north are affected by weather, the boats are affected by weather, right? So, you know, Lake Champlain, I think they refer to that as like the uh the sixth great lake, you know. Um if if I'm not mistaken, but you know, weather is going to play a factor, uh, getting out to where they want to go to, um, especially the St. Lawrence where they want to go out, uh, on the lake. Yep. And they want to go towards, I don't know. St. Lawrence connects that's Canada and America. Right. So, you know, both of those are going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, the smallmouth typically spawn in like the June timeframe from my understanding up North. Um, but you know, we don't know, uh, there was records that were broke last year. Was it, was it Bryant Smith, uh, broke the, uh, well, last year at the St. Lawrence, it went at three century belts because yeah. the year before secured had the one century belt yep. on it. Then last, and they had perfect weather two years ago last year. It was not perfect weather. Nope. And some guys were forced to go out there because they had to, they had to, they had to make a cut to stay yep. on tour. And uh, it was kind of rough out there. Yeah. Like eight footers, like Matty Wong <laughs> yeah. is, you know, he said he was surfing. You know, and if there's anybody that can do it, it's Maddie. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, smallmouth, uh, you know, when when they do the live coverage and they pair the the scoping on the screen, uh, if they do, if they're going to do that this year. And I know we've seen it with the MPFL. They did a really good job with it. And Bass did it with the classic. Yep. Bass did it with a classic where, you know, Gussie was out on um, what, what what lake was that? Tennessee River. It was the Tennessee River, yeah. So he was he was scoping them in thirty foot of water or whatever. So hopefully for these, at least for these smallmouth events, I would like to see bass do something like that. You know, especially if the weather's crappy and we can't be fishing, I would I would like to watch it. Uh, but you know, smallmouth events to me, I don't really watch a lot of them. I I, I just don't. But if they put that screen up there, that's going to entice me to watch that because. You know, these guys are so dialed in on how to, you know, work the bait, the action of the bait compared to the fish behavior and stuff like that. You know, and and let's be honest, we say smallmouth are dumb, 
but at the same time, we've talked to several elite series anglers that, that were up and have been on Champlain and the St. Lawrence river and the Detroit river and all that stuff. And they'll tell you like, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fish in there and not all of them bite. So they're not as dumb as we think. Um, so these guys are doing the best they can with the technology they have bass, make it a little bit more interesting, put the screen up there. So us anglers who are trying to learn, we get a little bit, we get a little bit of free education out of it. Absolutely. And this is, I mean, they're wrapping up with the St. Lawrence river again. That's the angler of the year tournament event. Yeah. The winner of that is automatically in the classic, I believe. Mm -hmm. And who, who knows what will happen there. Angler of the year can come down to a bunch of folks and, you know, last year, I mean, you had, they had to you had to make a run at it, mm -hmm. and yeah. that you know that seems to happen the last couple of years that the guys they they think they've got it locked up. When I say they, I mean us as commentators and fans and even other elites with like two two stops to go, and then something happens and they've got to make it happen on day one or day two to at least make the cut there to to qualify, you know, to 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 complete the year as uh, the best angler. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, the only thing that I don't like about the St. Lawrence River, and it's hard to say because it is Disney Mouse Small Land. But you're you're right. I find myself probably watching less of the live coverage mm -hmm. with that event. I watch a lot more of the the tournament practice from from guys' YouTubes and all, and the recaps and the recaps because it does seem like everyone's catching fish, and maybe there's probably just some luck involved of finding the schools that are not three pound smallmouth, but mm -hmm. three and a half pound smallmouth because that's what makes the difference there. Yeah, all the weights are within ounces. You just have to find those right schools that are about a half a pound, a pound heavier and looking on, you know, live scope and, and sonar. Like sometimes it's hard to tell with all. Those oh things. yeah. So sometimes it's a drum, you know? And, and so like, I've always thought like those events, if I was an angler on it and there's all these schools and stuff around, you go through practice and you pick them through, you can't find them. But at the same time, you could just pull up on the right one. And That's be like, right. Well, I got, <laughs> yeah. First one I went to had the right fish and, I'll save it and I'll find some more. So it is, um, it's a fun, it, it'll be a phenomenal event. It'll be, you know, can Kyle Welcher stay with the momentum from the 2023 season? He was the angler of the year for the elites. Um, or is he going to have to pass it off to somebody? And, you know, there's some, there's some guys that have been really close. I know that's probably the most coveted title uh, to receive um, because you are the most consistent angler. Uh, in the first, you know, smallmouth territory, in my opinion, that's where guys have the opportunity to requalify for the elites, right? Like if you've struggled, uh, the first, you know, five, six stops, uh, you really have to figure out a way. And we saw that with Matty Wong, you know, last year he was on the cut man and he went out there and risked, risked his life <laughs> essentially, uh, in eight foot waves, but you know, if you, that is an opportunity to make up a lot of points. You're most people always catch five every single day. It's the ones that can find the better quality fish that are going to have the chances. I would love to see one of the Johnston's or, you know, some of the Northern guys that have spent their entire life breaking down those bodies of water. I would like to see one of the Northern guys pull out a win. Obviously Jay Shakir won his, uh, his rookie year up there. You know, you say that, and uh, if, if I start thinking about Angler of the Year, I think one of those Northern guys, Johnson, Shakira, one of those guys, could have a great chance at Angler of the Year because, like, the Florida events are not. To, I mean, they're they're good 
spawn fishers too, right? Sight fishermen and, and bed fishing because they've proven that. But like when the Johnson brothers were one and one several years ago on the Harris chain, it was offshore. Mm -hmm. Like this is how it's going to set up for them with the vegetation. On. Yep. So I could see, you know, you know, one of the Johnson brothers might win angler of the year. I could see it. Yeah. They've all, one of them has always come in, you know, that top five, top 10 level. And, uh, you know, if you miss, uh, a couple fish in, in a tournament, it can really set you back. That's where smallmouth territory can really get you back into the, into the game. So we'll see, man, it, it looks like, uh, it looks like a really good season. I'm really happy that bass is staying South and just fishing different bodies of water at different times of, year, of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's cool that they're giving, you know, and they're, and they stimulate the economy, uh, big time when they go to some of these events, you know? So, uh, I predict that Luke Palmer, I think I said this last year when we talked about this, I think he's going to win, uh, the classic. I just, uh, for some odd reason, I just feel like he's going to win the classic. Um, I think one of these new guys is going to win on their rookie year. I think they're going to win a blue trophy. Uh, can JT Tompkins pull out rookie of the year? from being the reigning 2023 EQ angler of the year. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of history made in 2024. I think there's going to be some records. We've already seen multiple records broken by Scott Martin. Uh, and that was in a Bassmaster open. I think it's going to be a really special year. You know, the economy seems to be, I wouldn't say better, but things are a little bit more stable, you know, anglers, I'm not seeing the shortages of electronics and the shortages of boats. In fact, people can't really sell boats, so I wouldn't say the economy is great. But anglers got their boats. They're all ready to go. Um, it's going to be a long season for them, though. It's going to be a really long season it, for them. It totally is. I agree. I think those guys that you mentioned have a great chance. A couple other people. I think Patrick Walters has a chance to be very consistent this year because yep. he has been the last couple of years. I mean, just I mean, on two tours, right? Bassmaster and now uh, the MPFL. Yep. I could see him really being dedicated this year, and you know, being very consistent on these events, and and being the running for Angler of the Year. I also think someone like Cody Huff, who's had yep. some good events, that you know, I think it's his third year now on tour. Um, I think you know this is maybe the year he puts some more things together, mm -hmm. and, and you know, he I think he's been runner up once or twice already, but to win an event. And, he, and be really consistent throughout the year. So that's that's another guy we need to look out for. And I, I'll tell you, the, the person that I really want to see win the most, uh, you know, I, I want to see a lot of them win, but I want to see Matty Wong win one. Absolutely. And I want to see Carl Jockamson win another one. I know he won on 10 killer, Lake 10 killer in 2017, I want to say. Um, but, you know, every single one of these anglers has a special story, but some of these guys, like I just, I'm a huge advocate. I've said this before. I'm a huge advocate on somebody who hasn't won winning. I want to see everybody win one of these. So, but it's gotten extremely competitive, um, even more competitive than it's ever been before. And uh, you know, technology is playing a role in that uh, the different levels of fishing from high school to college, you know, clubs, Bass Nation, now the one bass in uh, in the West Coast. That's going to be another cool thing. Uh, we'll see. You know, they have a chance in the West Coast fishing one bass to qualify for the Bassmaster Classic. Um, and so there, there's a lot of moving pieces that are going on right now. But I think the industry, I don't know economically, but like from a competitive standpoint, 
it's awesome. And uh, we're going to see uh, 2024 like slingshot real fast. Yep. And as we uh, as we wrap it up here, my favorite thing about this schedule for 2024, there's no Sabine River. <laughs> I wish there was a Sabine. I, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule here. Any one of these tournaments can end up being really tough, depending yeah. on the phase of the fish, the weather, water levels, you know, current, all that droughts. We We all know that. But when I look at it, I don't see a fishery where I expect five fish for 11 pounds a day that's going to win it. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Besides smallmouth territory, the Sabine River really helped Matty Wong's uh, it, it points, did. right? Like that's a the Sabine River is another place that you can make up some valuable points. So, um, yeah, man, 2024 Bassmaster Elite Series schedule. You got nine or eight regular season events, two in, and then the classic in grand Oklahoma. We're really looking forward to it. Um, I do want to, uh, you know, there, we don't know miles Berghoff, but miles Berghoff, um, and, and I know a lot of shows have said this, but the same thing applies from everybody here at the one cast and all, and all of our fans, like, uh, we are praying for your family. His daughter was diagnosed with a very rare cancer. Um, they do have a GoFundMe page. We'll find it and uh and put the link in there um to support that family through the toughest times you know miles is supposed to fish that first stop in lake okeechobee in the opens uh and and i don't think that happened and rightfully so so we are praying for your family man and uh you know hopefully your daughter pulls pulls through this she's at the best hospital in the world uh saint jude's and uh you know we couldn't think of uh a better way to really end the show by you know ending it on a prayer um we hope everybody has an amazing 2024 season. Ben, you got anything before you close us out? We want you guys to band together, uh, you know, express positivity, always be honest, uh, but at the same time, help us continue to grow a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. Huh? It's a fucking toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's gonna be a bad day.